Hey friends, welcome to the Axiom Church Podcast. We're so glad you decided to join us and check out our episode. Um, this is a space where we post our, our Sunday sermons and occasionally we have discussions and conversations regarding life in this community and following Jesus. So thank you for listening and please engage us on our website axiomchurchaz.com or on any of our social medias. We'd love to hear from you. Take care. Hey, may the peace of Christ be with you. Thank you. Guys, good to see you. Welcome. Thanks for hanging out with us today, joining us here at Axiom. Uh, Yeah, I'm Gavin. I don't think I've met everybody in the room, but I hope I get a chance to before the morning is over. Uh, What a gift to to be together in this time as we talk about this vision that, that, that God's given us. But here's the thing about vision, and like I, I want to just kind of hang out here for a minute because people ask me all the time, like, what's the vision of Axiom? They want to get together and they say, hey, what's the vision? What are you guys doing? What's the vision? What are you doing? And I, I, I feel like they're a little bit surprised when I tell them, listen, here's the deal. Our vision isn't our vision. It's Jesus's vision. Jesus came and he gave us a vision for the kingdom of God. And that is the vision that we have here. And so when he prays, may may your kingdom come, may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, that's our vision. We want to see what God wants happen here on earth. And so we've titled the series, Era Regnum, the time for the kingdom. Now, the reason why we say it's the time for the kingdom, again, it's not because I think it's it's the time, it's because Jesus thinks it's time. And so in Mark chapter 1, verse 15, you can turn there if you want to, but it'll be on the screen, The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the good news. And that good news is the kingdom of God is accessible. It's available to each and every one of you. And yet, so I tell people this. I get them excited about the vision of God. They go, that's great, that's great, that's really cool. But what's Axiom's vision? I'm like, no, 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 no. It's not our vision. It's God's vision that we get to steward together as his body. And that might have features to it, but it's God's vision. It's God's vision. You don't have to jump through some magic hoop or wait for some magic moment, by the way, for this, because the kingdom of God is at hand, and he's inviting us to enter into it now. But what does it mean, and what does it look like for you to get into the kingdom? Now, to get into the kingdom suggests that you have to get out of something else. And that's the wrestle. That's the place of the cross. Like, what is it that you're choosing over? And it's a question of desire. This is why Jesus says in Matthew 6, 33, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. And so this picture here, if we just hang on to it for a second, is this picture of a person that lacks nothing because they prioritize God's kingdom. That's what they value. That's what they want. It's not something else. It's that's the thing. That's the priority. They seek it first. It's first in line, which begs the question for each of us, what is first in line for you? And I think that's the wrestle that people are having when they ask, what is the vision at Axiom? Because maybe first in line for them is evangelism. Or maybe first in line for them is they want to be at a church that's Anabaptist. Or maybe what's first in line for them is they want to go on missions. Or maybe what's first in line, you pick your thing. But I would just say all of those need to get prioritized under 
the kingdom of Jesus. Those are the things that will be added, given to you as well. Those are the as well things. This is why I think Jesus struggles, and I struggle a little bit when we get in this situation, because when people say, well, I don't know if I fit into the vision at Axiom. I'm not sure that there's space for me here. And what I think they're really saying is that the thing that I prioritize might not be the same thing that you prioritize. And I would just say that we love those things. We want to get behind those things, but we want to prioritize life together with Jesus in the kingdom of God. That's the primary thing, okay? And so it's not that you don't fit in here, okay? It's not that you don't fit in here. It's that, that we're inviting each person to prioritize a relationship with Jesus in the kingdom of God because that's what getting into the kingdom is. It's entering into a relationship here and now, not some time later. And we'll talk more about that in a second. But this fitting in piece is important because Jesus does address that. He does say, some of y'all aren't going to fit in with the vision. He does say that. He, he, think about the, the, the rich young ruler, right? The rich young ruler is having a hard time. And we see this in Matthew 19, verse 23. Then Jesus said to his disciples, Truly I tell you, it's hard for someone who is rich to fit into the kingdom of heaven. Again, I tell you, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. Now, we love to take this text and think it's about just going to heaven when you die or something like that. But the real question here is then how do I enter? And Jesus kind of hyperbolically says, well, hey, sell everything you've got, you know, and then, and then you could probably come in. That's what he goes on to talk about, okay? But no, the, the hyperbolic statement here is to say again that what is it that you prioritize? Because these things of yours are clearly the important thing for you. And so that's what's getting in the way. What is getting in the way? And it might even be your good thing that's getting in the way of prioritizing the relationship with Jesus. So do you desire the kingdom of God or do you desire something else? What is it that you seek? What is it that you really want? That's the question. What is it that you really want? Now, I was watching Indiana Jones recently. Anybody? Anybody? No, no fans of Indiana Jones. Okay, that's fine. And I'm, I'm at the scene where, like, they've got to pick the cup. Like, what cup, what holy grail are they going to drink from, right? And, and there's a couple of figures in here, and he said, in, the, in the, the knight, the guy that's, like, protecting it, he says, choose wisely which one you want, for the true grail will bring you immortality. But the false grail will take it from you. So they go, and they pick the shiniest wealthiest looking cup there is this surely this is the cup and he drinks it and he turns into the creepiest like skeleton looking thing you've ever seen and he he dies and the knight says you've chosen poorly <laughs> clearly <laughs> and so you know um harrison ford picks the cup of the carpenter takes a drink and he says you've you've chosen Wisely. Now, I bring this up because <clears throat> I think that sometimes when this priority issue that we've been taught in the church to pick heaven over Jesus, and we think, but here's what I want to tell you, heaven's not as great as Jesus. Jesus is greater than heaven. Now, heaven's wonderful. It's beautiful. But G heaven is part of the, and these things will be added to you. 
the prioritization, the choosing wisely, is to choose a dynamic, real, authentic relationship with Jesus. And you don't need to wait till you go to heaven to have that. I don't know how many times I'm going to tell you guys that. Please don't wait. Please don't wait. Start having that relationship now. In fact, here's the trick. Not the trick. Here's the cruel reality. Heaven is not qualified by anything but your relationship with Jesus. Matthew chapter 7, verse 22, reads this. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do mighty works in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never had a relationship with you. Depart from me. And so what we see here, and what I want us to kind of tease out is this, this issue that I never knew you. What Jesus is saying, listen, you can prioritize doing missions. You can prioritize casting out demons. You can prioritize doing all these wonderful and good things. Go get it. But if you put those things in front of a relationship with me, where does that leave you? You have chosen poorly. We are invited to first choose and seek after God's kingdom, which is the place in which we share a relationship with him. So Jesus qualifies heaven by something greater than the acts that you do or the religious duties that you carry out. He qualifies heaven by how well you and him know one another. That's what is going to make room for heaven, which means that when you die, what you take with you is the relationship you have on earth with Jesus. And that's why I keep saying, start it now. Spend some time together. Get to know the layers and complexity of life with God. Start that now. It's not doing the things that Jesus did. It's not the prayer that you prayed that gets you into heaven. It's the relationship that that brings about. So era regnum, the time for the kingdom. It's not later, Jesus says, it's now. It's time for each of you to say yes to a relationship with Jesus who is alive and well, Emmanuel, God with us. This last weekend, I shared with our leaders on a retreat this <clears throat> statement, and it says this, um, God created a space for us to share our lives with him, and Jesus refers to this space as the kingdom of God. God created a space for us to share our lives with him, and Jesus refers to this space as the kingdom of God. Not only does God create a place to share our lives together with him, Jesus eliminates anything and everything that would keep you from sharing that relationship with him. And so while you might think, I've got all of these things in the way and this has to happen first or this has to happen first, no, 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 what has to happen first is that you step into a relationship with God. I, you, I, we don't need you to be transformed before Jesus gets his hand on you. Let God do that. Let God work that hard thing out with you. The relationship. Jesus' work on the cross settles it. You can have a deep and intimate relationship with Him. Now, I say all this, I want to just be 
forthcoming. The church has a long history of prioritizing the wrong things. Right beliefs, right action, right being, right calling, right agendas, right justice, right war, right vision statements. We prioritize, and then we tell you guys, you got to look like this and be like this. But that's not it. It is the relationship. And so whether it's the church or it's us prioritizing social justice or pick your thing, we need to let those things come under the relational life with God. Which means that the future church needs to do relationships really well. So I want to talk about this for a second. Just share a few reflections. And guys, maybe you have some and you want to share them. Please write them down. And, and share them with me because I want to hear this. We need to think critically about what it means to be the future church that prioritizes our relational dynamic with God. Our, our spiritual transformation is, a, is in a relational paradigm, okay? And so, so here's a few reflections. I just want to share and take it or leave it. But I think that the future church, for it to do relationships well, it's going to mean that we prioritize community spaces over crowd spaces. That's going to be a reality. And it's not about big or small. I don't care how big the church gets or how small the church is. What I'm saying is that spaces of intimacy will be what's most important. The church can be huge. That'd be great. But we have to create spaces for community and relationship to take place with Jesus and with others. The future church will be less about getting people to meet expectations. That's the transactional model. That's a controlling model. But Jesus comes and prioritizes the relationship over the change. And in that space, it's not expectation, as Ross Bentley puts it, but it's expectancy that emerges. That in a place of relational confidence with God, you begin to live an expectant life anticipating what God's going to do and what others are going to do. You don't live in a series of disappointments on people letting you down or not letting you down because you have all that you need in Christ. I think the future church will be less about personalities and more about people being together. The church for a long series now has, has just... In good leaders, helpful leaders... But our platforms are dangerous. Pride is dangerous. We need to be community-led. We need to have spaces that allow people to participate, not spectate. So maybe the future church looks like a kitchen. Maybe the future church looks like a living room, a sports field, or for a bunch of artists, a blank canvas with many brushes. Interactive community. It also means that we'll have to be more vulnerable and imaginative than controlling and logical. we got to get weird sometimes. We, sh we need to spread out the weirdness in the room, too, I think, a little bit sometimes. 
(laughs) What I'm saying here is that, as we've heard last week, right, that Jesus invites us to be like little kids. It's okay to be excited. It's okay to dream big. It's okay to be imaginative. In fact, you need that to unlock yourself from the the fear and worry that has been entertain- you've been entertaining in your mind. We need to shift our imagination to the possibilities of what God can do, not to the, the death and gloom of what the world around us is doing. I think you guys get it. Relationships. Speaking of that, our next series is on this. Relational spirituality, what it means to follow Jesus in that transformational paradigm. We're going to be talking about that coming up. Now, I want to invite us to practice what we were preaching about here. And so what I, what I want to do is I just want to encourage you guys for a second to take a deep breath and, and, and just turn to Jesus for a minute, to, to, to enter into a time of prayer together with those you came with or those around you. It's okay, or on your own. But I want to encourage you to turn to him and listen, ask him, what do you think, Jesus? What do you have to say about this? And to invite others to join you in prayer and just say, hey, God, we want to we press into this future church together, but will you lead us? And so there's a few prayer promptings that are going to come up here on the screen, and this will help you guys kind of think through and know some of the things you'd be praying for. Over this series, we talked about the need for discipleship, places of deep, intimate uh, encouragement and challenge with one another. We talked about being a sent church, embodying our, our love that God has for us by, through our love for others. We talked about um, being a sent people. We talked about uh, blessing our kids, uh, and, and, and we were talking about relationships. So I want to encourage you guys to pray into these things. Let's live it out together. Let's be brave together and ask Jesus to lead us. He's the one that gives us the vision. He's our pastor and our leader.